1: Sox postgame show coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Echner wall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm your host. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. And you crazy psychos are in here, even though the White Sox have 97 losses. Uh, we got five likes already. Hit the thumbs up button. Thank you to Fred. Thank you to Sleepy Harold. Thank you to Alec for joining us. Uh, And well, that was a ball game. Uh, The White Sox at one point (laughs) led three to nothing. And I was sweating a Diamondbacks bet. And I am a big, dumb, stupid idiot. I should have sat back, as Hawk said, sit down, strap back, I should, as Hawks said, that classical, what is it, Steven? Sit back, relax, and strap it down. Yeah, usually when people go to quote lines, they actually fucking know them. Um, You knew it. Anyways, uh, the White Sox got their behinds whooped 15 to 4.
2: Hey, yikes. Yeah, and when it was 4 to 1, and then 4 to 3, I had a chance, and you know me, whenever the White Sox get a lead on an opponent that I know they're going to lose to, I like to bet for the opponent on the money line. But it was only 150 at the time, and I was like, ah, I need it to be more. So I was waiting for the White Sox to score more runs. But then, yeah, the Diamondbacks just put it on the White Sox, 15-4. to So I missed my opportunity to cash in today on a big one. But remember, guys, if you're watching the games the next two days, where Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, White Sox get a lead, Go to the DraftKings immediately and find the money line <laughs> for Arizona and put all the money, all the money you have on that because they will guarantee a, a win. 15-4, um, I think I turned to Luke Stuckmeyer, who is the host of CHCO Cubs. I was like, they're going to win by double digits in this game. And damn if they didn't. Damn. Like, every time I looked down to tweet something because I was looking at the uh, Brant brown s miss by, say, a Suzuki for the Cubs, and so I was tweeting that out. I look up to the White Sox game. God damn, it scores more runs. Christian Walker, another home run? Damn. It's like they just keep on hitting triples and home runs all day long. But, yeah, uh, whew, that is a tough day. And the 15-4, to 4, no sweat off my back, man. I, we all know this is going to happen. Right. We know that yes. they're going to get swept by these Arizona Diamondbacks, right?
1: We do know that. Um, It's written in the stars, and I started sweating a little bit after Aloy Jimenez finally did the damn thing we've been wishing he does, uh, lift the ball, and oh my God, wow, it went like 400 feet. Zach Davies, too. Zach Davies. What the White Sox need, apparently, is a a, a (laughs) soft-tossing righty. Those there's one that ex, I guess there's two that exist, and the White Sox hit the hell out of both of them. Uh, it's Kyle Hendricks and it's uh, Zach, Davies. Zach Davies. Apparently, those, those are the two guys that they can own. If you throw 88 uh, against the White Sox, you are screwed. <laughs> but they just went to their bullpen and then shut them down. I mean, Ryan Nelson came out, and Ryan Nelson looked like Ryan Sandberg if yeah. he was a pitcher. I mean, mercy, that was that was insane. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about this game too much. Uh, there's A couple things that we're going to talk about. Um, First off, and it'll be after our little pre-topic, it'll be Luis Robert Jr. being shut down uh, for the rest of the season. Chris Getz says it's not major, so it's not a a major alert. Uh, We're not super concerned. There's six games left, now five, and it just seemed, uh, you know, like rest was more important for him, especially after the great season that he's had. Um, Career high in games, home runs, RBIs and doubles. Uh, so shout out to Luis Robert. We'll get to him in a second. We'll talk about Michael Kopech as well. We got some sound from Chris Getz on Michael Kopech. We'll welcome in our, our friend Vinny Duber from uh, Guaranteed Rate Field, uh, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And you can go read what he wrote about Chris Getz's plan at allchgo.com. And finally, uh, we'll wrap it up um, with more Chris Getz stuff, where Chris Getz will tell you about his plan. Um, and a little bit about the new additions to the front office. But, Herb, you bring it up. No sweat off your back, right? No. Nah. The White Sox lose. That's why I bet on the Diamondbacks. Hey, I, I didn't think they were going to, you know, win. I didn't think the White Sox were going to beat them. Their are best players out, right? I mean, who's going to yeah. hit a home run? Aloy Jimenez? <laughs> he sucks. Um, I guess he did do that. White Sox still lost by 11. Their pitching's terrible. Um, but you have a, a comment that I think is asinine. Yep. Cody's out here mm-hmm. pissed off as all hell. A little bit sad. Yeah. We thought he'd be more depressed, but he's he's fiery. Yeah. Um, they lose a game in the bottom of the eighth on a dropped fly ball. Uh, as you said, Brant Brown. Uh, ask twenty three years, twenty two years later. You would rather be in the White Sox position of being sixty and ninety seven, getting their skulls bashed in by the Arizona Diamondbacks fifteen to four, rather than being the eighty two and seventy five Cubs having the lead against the best team in major league baseball and dropping because of uh you know a, a routine gaff basically or a gaff on a routine play.
2: No, what I said I would rather be me than Cody. Cody's sweating every <laughs> 5 seconds like every tomorrow he's going to be sweating a nine in a game. Tomorrow I'm going to watch the same game the White Sox played today versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm gonna be chilling. I'll be like baby, I'm watching a baseball game. It's fun. I have no I have no interest in the result. Now Cody's gonna go through it, and every Cub fan's gonna go through it. All us White Sox fans, we're, we're not with cat, uh, with the uh, house money, but we already know our team's trash. And so watching these games for me is just an occupation. I would not watch an Arizona Diamondbacks White Sox game if I didn't have to come talk to you, good folks, at the end of the year where they won ni- lost
1: ninety seven games. Let me be honest there. I'm I'm glad that you guys did. You would rather be yes Phil Connors from Groundhog Day and wake up. Every single day in that damn town, and live the same life of getting your skull bashed in by the the Diamondbacks. Yes, rather than be like a fan of the two thousand one Moneyball A's.
2: Yes, because I know because I know the A's can't win. There, there's no, there's no winning
1: there. How do you win if you're Phil Connors? You can do. This man I... tried to kill himself like multiple times. Great, There's, like five minutes of that man like jumping off buildings and shit.
2: Yeah, I I know like there's no winning. To be had do you know what city you're in we're cursed a quarterback can't play coaches can't play on football hockey team just got a good player I guarantee something's gonna happen basketball teams forever cursed, and our two baseball teams suck yes I would rather be me understanding that this town is that way to us instead of going through the things that Cody has to go through that Luke has to go through that Ryan on our CHGO Cubs has to go through Hell, I would rather be the 2005 White Sox World Series winning team than the 2016 Cubs World Series winning team because all the stress they had to go through to get that. It was a breeze, 11 to 1 baby. Quick, easy, efficient. Do you like That's... Jimmy Buffett music? No, it's like, terrible. Are you trying to take away the stress of your life? What is I, what is up? Why do why would you want <laughs> extra stress? And Steven's like, doesn't that make it even sweeter? No. I don't want yes. hard. I don't want extra. I don't want hard. We the our lives as White Sox fans are already hard enough. I don't need the the winning of the championship to be extra hard for me to appreciate that. No, just do it quickly. I'll appreciate the fuck out of it. As we've talked about, so two thousand five was the perfect year. for Oh my god, love <laughs> it. Oh my god. Oh, uh, uh, th- that's why two thousand five was so special because it was painless except for. A little tightness at the end in September when Cleveland got close, but thank God for David Risky and thank God for Joe Creedy. And we got a little breathing room and just cruised from then on. From the middle of September until the end of October, October 26, 2005, we cruised. Imagine if you were a Cub fan going through all that stuff the rain delay, losing to Cleveland, all that stuff. Nah, I'm good. My life's uh, enough about stress and going through hard times already. I don't want my baseball team to be putting me through hard times too. Imagine on Sunday if the Cubs don't win and they don't get to the playoffs. The man's destroyed. On Sunday, the White Sox are not going to the playoffs.
1: I'm chilling. Who would you rather be, folks? Let us know. Let us know. I I feel crazy listening to this man. I would love to have the... Just feeling of playoff baseball, the smell of playoff baseball in my home. I'd invite it. I'd open my window. Who wouldn't love the smell of playoff baseball just around the corner? Hey, maybe it's tantalizing. Maybe it's it's so close you can taste it and you'll never actually be able to grasp it. But as Vinny said like four months ago, 11 playoff appearances in 123 years, I'm pretty thirsty. Yeah, I take some playoff baseball. Yeah, I was, I, I'm just. I'm saying. I, I'd rather. I mean, even but have you're not. Sniff but it.
2: that's. It's a sniff of it. It's not playoff baseball. It's the chance to get to playoff baseball.
1: I take yeah, it. yeah, but you don't want the chance
2: of happiness just because of the risk of potential sadness. No, Stephen. If you give me the option of, hey, this is going to be stressful, but you might be happy at the end of it, or it's no stress at all. It's just going to be a shitty season. We knew this in what June that it was not going to get done. My
1: life has been relaxed since then. Hey, um, or, and you just kind of made me think of you're just pull, pulling. Honestly, the anti Jerry Reinsdorf. You either want to be the anti- the Atlanta Braves and just be the best team in baseball and just mow through the regular season. Hey, we know we're going to be in uh, playoff baseball. We'll trounce the uh, the the the. Milwaukee Brewers, whatever. Um, but I'm now just thinking of the Reinstorf uh, advice that the David Samson said. Yeah. Uh, finish in second place every year because your fans will say, wow, we've got a shot. We're in it. Uh, but they're always uh, the carrot left. There's always one step left to take. They can't even take that fucking first step.
2: If you're going to be bad, as I say, be f- fast at it and be the worst. Don't just be mediocre. That's what the Bulls have been forever. Just uh, yeah, yeah, basketball purgatory. And that's what I don't want to be in purgatory. I want to be either in the thing or out of it. Not having to worry the last year, week of the season. And remember, folks, at the beginning of the year, as I told you, April games count as much as these games now. If they would have won in April more, the White Sox, Cubs, all these teams, they would not have to sweat these games. The Phillies are not sweating anymore. They're in the playoffs today. The Milwaukee Brewers just won the NL Central because they won games before. They did their work early. They're those kids who do the homework on Friday. The Cubs are the kids who do their homework on Sunday or on Monday on homeroom. And like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I got to finish this stuff. No, do your work early. And then you don't
1: have to stress at the end. Here is the real root of the problem, okay? Herb was a good student. Herb was doing his homework on on Friday so he can enjoy that Saturday, that Sunday. He he was waking up Monday morning without those Sunday scaries. And your boy here, when he had homework in fourth period, he was doing it in third period. Yeah. Okay? Hey, that's called efficiency in my life. I, I knew I had 60 minutes, 40 minutes to get it done. That's a timer. Boom. Hey, I passed. I'm here. In front of you, I made it. Um, let us know your thoughts either in the comments. We got some uh, chat here as well. Um, I want to go to uh, one of AJ's comments. Uh, if you want to scroll up to AJ, uh, scroll up a little bit. Uh, hey, now uh, the Black Blackhawks are basically uh, the Yankees. If you listen to most NHL fans, which I thought was funny, uh, there was a graph and it was like, "Are you the devil?" Like, it was trying to find find your NHL fandom, mm-hmm. and it was like, are you the devil? And I, I was like, yes, of course. Um, and it was like, do you like fun? And it was no, and then it was, you're a Blackhawks fan. So if you're the devil and you don't like fun, you're the Blackhawks fan. So I don't understand that. Like, again, people have great recency bias. Uh, early in the 2000s, their team wasn't even broadcast. I mean, you look at how many people that were at the White Sox game. That was how Blackhawks fans were forced to watch their home games. Uh, so, again... Uh, this is, the town is cursed. Thank God, Condor Bedard's here. Uh, I, that curse seemingly is lifted for the Blackhawks, but I don't know. Nope, they're not.
2: They're going to lose a lot of games Stop. too. Fred says the hundred losses will happen when we don't have a post game show. Fred, on contraire, they could have a lo, their hundred loss on Sunday, too, or they can have their hundred and third loss on Sunday, or hundred and second loss. I right. I
1: mean, if they're efficient, they lose tomorrow, they lose Thursday, and they lose on Friday. Boom, we're there. Um, I guess Well, we're we won't have, to have a show, to show, but I'm
2: saying we'll have a show on Sunday mm-hmm. to wrap up the season and to tell you that the White Sox are terrible and they lost 100 <laughs> games.
1: And then Tanny uh, had a comment up here uh, as well, just a little bit higher. Chris Tannehill, if you want to search it. Oh, there you go. Uh, guys, I'm just going to say it. The sixth run, uh, or uh, the sixth run fifth really did this team <laughs> in. It's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they scored that fifth run and really didn't look back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> poor Jose Urania. Poor Declan Cronin. Uh, I mean, it now, what's his face? Uh C- Cattell Marte cadillac after that uh, <laughs> slider was hung <laughs> from Declan Cronin. He hit it 450 feet. Why not? Hey, why not? Why not? Not a I'm, contract year, but he got that 25th homer. Man, Come every
2: up. White Sox pitcher gave up a run today. <laughs> man, I'm I'm sure the Dimebacks, man, that's great. We're at Chicago. We got two day games coming up, so we can kick it in the night because we got the White Sox. So we got a world-class city, shite team in front of us. We can clinch our playoff spots right here. Pretty much, let's see, there'll be three games in front of the Cubs. If they win all of them and the Cubs lose all their games, they would clinch at least a playoff spot because they have the tiebreaker against the Cubs. So, yeah, it's a great time to be an Arizona Diamondback. They were lowly last year, and now they're ready to go. I wish we had that same thing from one year to the next where you just improve that much, but we don't have a Corbin Carroll on our team. We do not have a Zach Gallon on our team. Maybe... Dylan Cease can be a Zach Gallon eventually or regain the Zach allen ness eventually, but we won't have that right now.
1: Well, the or one Merrill thing Kelly too, either. you brought up lowly in that word. I had a headline ready and it was uh resurgent Chris Getz white Sox stomp lowly diamondbacks. If they <laughs> lost this game, I was so salty when the white Sox had a four, one lead. I, I, the fact that we heard was like, Oh, you know, white Sox aren't going to do you any favor Cubs fans with Zach Davies. And, uh, Brandon fought on the mound and hey Zach Davies didn't do him any favors but thank God the Diamondbacks bats showed up uh all right we're gonna take a break and then uh we'll talk a little bit Michael Michael Kopech and I think Vinny Duber is probably around the corner here uh are you in the market for a new vehicle if you are then we have some great news for you Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake have just joined the CHGO team at Ray CDJR you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and Find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Jeep Adventure Days at Ray CDJR in Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up to 15% off MSRP on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. But that's not all. Now through September 30th, explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of breathtaking deals as they celebrate their grand reopening. So if you are in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox. Fox Lake. for more information visit raycdjr in fox lake or raycdjr.com today serving the community since 1963 we also want to let you know about our friends over at fubo they have 140 live channels of sports shows movies and news and you can stream live tv from any device you can watch the most chicago sports for the lowest price and you can start watching immediately immediately if not sooner okay uh with a free trial FuboTV.com slash CHGO is where you go to sign up. There's no contract, no cable, and no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. And there's over a 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. So if you want to sit in the relaxation of a, what, 58 and 97 team, record the White Sox games. (laughs) Sit in that. Hey, what do you got? Record it and then
2: immediately delete it. Don't watch it.
1: Hey, you want this. You could be, you know, I recording your DVR and watching your Cubs, you know, be in a playoff contention or any MLB team. Hey, there's like, what, 12 teams make it now?
2: That's why I was happy that the the, the uh, Padres lost last night or the before <laughs> Yeah, Monday. I was like, there's no stress. I don't have to wait this whole week. They're just out. Bye. It's no. not even your primary team. No. Least, I don't get it, Herb. You can be
1: detached. From I'm it. old.
2: I've seen it happen before. All right. And the Padres as, haven't done it. As uh, you know, the uh whole, whole Ted Lasso thing. It's the hope that kills you. I know that's more of an English soccer thing. It's the hope that kills you. You don't want to have to go through it, but also Ted Lasso. So hope is the greatest thing.
1: Herb's not uh, gonna watch local teams while traveling. He's gonna watch the rest of the teams when uh, the, the Chicago teams are out of the playoffs. Yep. But hey, you got access with Fubo TV uh, and watch all your favorite college football and NFL with FUBU. Fubo, oh not Fubo with Fubo go to www.fubotv.com slash chgo that's www.fubotv.com slash chgo to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro
2: I'll definitely be watching on Fubo the twins lose their two games and get ousted as their as it usually is mercy uh That's what I'll be cheering for in the playoffs. (laughs) A quick ouster of those bum-ass twins.
1: You'll you'll make those Weird-ass Minnesota Twins. I I root for whoever faces uh, the Minnesota Twins. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go out to our friend Vinny Duber, who's at Guaranteed Rate Field. Go read his work at allchgo.com. He writes about Chris Getz's plan for the 2024 White Sox. We have some video from Chris Getz as well. Um, I did find the Michael Kopech thing interesting, and honestly, we can save it, because that could be uh, its own topic uh, for for later. Um, We are a little bit into the show here, uh, after our rousing opening discussion. Maybe I'll open this to Vinny. Vinny, we're going to ask the crowd for their thoughts, and we've gotten the live chats' uh, thoughts already, and take your journalism self out of this. Go back to your younger days, your youth, when Nomar Garcia-Paro was lacing up those batting gloves, and he was your favorite player. Uh, Would you rather... Root for a team that's I don't know fifty eight and ninety seven and thirty seven games under five hundred, or would you rather root for a team that's I think eighty two and seventy six and just dropped a fly ball in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning uh, against um, MLB's best uh, to you know hurt your playoff chances? So would you rather have the thrills of September trying to claw into a playoff spot, or would you rather watch a fifteen to four pounding? Oh no, he's muted.
2: This is not on my end. It's not. It's, it's not on
1: his end. Oh my God, what can we do? Oh, I don't know. It's up. The volume. The, the volume's up. up. We're up to twenty six. Oh, Steven. Oh no. We're done. Oh no. Vinny's saying right, I'm yes. Gonna, I I gonna, agree I'm going to work you, on Herb. this. We'll see. We're going to work on I'll this. Okay. Well, hey, we do have some Chris Ketz uh, audio I'll to I'll finish what Vinny
2: said. I agree with Herb.
1: Herb is the smartest. <laughs> I bet he said that. He's that always is, saying that's always what he says. That's always what he says.
2: Um. All right. Well, Steve's and you and you packaged that in the wrong way. You, I did. Yes, you gave me paint it you in the, a bad light. Yeah, the All whites. Right. Like, I'm just saying, I would rather be how I am as a fan today, calm, relaxed, chilling, than what Cody is. And you saw him pacing around, high stress, freaking out in a stupor for like three minutes because that ball got dropped. Me, I'm gonna go home and chill tonight. Go to, I already went to Sunnyside, pop a edible, I, just have a great time. I
1: mean, I feel like if Cody went home and did that too, I think he'd have a great time. Oh, I mean, no. I mean, he would have a
2: great time, but he ain't going to be doing it tonight. He'd be wallowing in his sorrow and want to feel all of this. Tomorrow he's going to feel it, and the next day he's going to feel it. The whole day, the whole week, he's going to feel some stress. I am not. That's what my life is about. When When I used to work at the score with you, the thing I used to try to avoid, like I wanted to do the greatest job I could on the show, but the thing I would told myself was like, I don't want an email from Mitch. <laughs> like, that's the last thing. I don't want an email from Mitch. I don't want an from email Mitch? from, from <laughs> Rachel. That is what, I, that is my main goal. I don't want extra stress. Why wasn't this done, Herbie? I don't, get, <laughs> I don't know. I don't do that. That's why I wasn't done. That's the that was the 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 crux of my life, just having no people over my shoulder. And Mitch is a great boss, but sometimes he would send a, a email, and I was like, ah, man, I'm chilling. I'm at home already. I don't know why that wasn't recorded. Who cares about a a, a sound bite from the special teams coordinator of the Bears? I don't <laughs> care. If You want it? It's in the goddamn audio vault. Get it yourself.
1: My my favorite. Uh- one of those situations was with Mitch. Was uh, the White Sox acquired Nomar Mazzara? Yes. And I was uh, in Lower Wacker with parking, so I didn't get like reception. Mm-hmm. And when the trade happened, like I didn't know about it, yep. and I was producing Grobstein, oh. and I was just trying to get through the night. Three hours go by. Les has not said that oh. the White Sox have acquired Nomar Mazzara, and he wakes up and he doesn't hear that Nomar Mazzara has been brought up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we haven't talked about Nomar Mazara, Shawnee, Why are we talking about Nomar Mazara? The White made a trade. What produce, are you doing? produce, <laughs> produce.
2: Tell Les. It's like, isn't he supposed to know it?
1: Isn't he the host? He's supposed to know that stuff. Hey, I, 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 I hey, I'll, I'll point a thumb. I was supposed to know it too, but uh, yeah, no, I, uh, Les was uh, like, he would like,
2: horse to water. Uh, the White Sox trade for Nomar Mazara. Hour uh, hitting. Uh, We're going to try three. Vinny again real quick here. He's okay. a
1: three technique. All right, well, let's try Vinny again. You, since I poorly framed the question, you asked the question to Vinny.
2: All right, Vinny, I was just saying that I'm relaxed as a White Sox fan, and I don't have to stress like Cody, our C H O Cubs guy, all week about the Cubs and today. So I was saying I would much rather be where I am as a White Sox fan than where Cub fans have to go through this week. What say you, meaning
3: Herb? You're dead wrong.
2: That's that's what he said too. (laughs) I mean, I knew those. Why wouldn't you
3: want meaningful games? You're trying to sit there and say and say that the thing that you prefer is to watch this fifteen to four tonight. Come on now.
2: If it means that I don't get to get my heart broken like Cody, yeah.
3: Is your heart not broken? No. Better than to love and have lost than to never have loved at
1: all, Herb. You know the old saying. Come I on do, now, but I'm good. He also said, uh, it's the hope that kills you. So it it's been a really uh, joyous night here uh, in Studio B. And a shout-out to the shirtless wonder. I saw him uh, on his balcony today. He said, uh, last week of this misery, Studio B, uh, I had some of my bar shirts uh, all rolled up and ready to throw from my balcony to yours like a dart. Oh, darn, rain check. We're, uh, we're shirts in, are coming our way. We're
2: in the studio tomorrow at one ten, and then also for the Wednesday or Thursday's game, too. Yeah. Right. So you can do then. Kevin,
1: we'll catch him. <laughs> and I, I love that the shirtless wonder is trying to give us shirts. I I love or, the store. You, I think you you need some yourself, sir. Um, all right, uh, let's get into today. I, I think obviously the most interesting thing and the thing that we haven't gotten into just yet uh, is the Chris Getz portion of today. Uh, what was it like? Because I mean, we've seen so many times where it's Rick Han in that dugout. Now it's Chris Getz, and he said he's going to be different. And you said, I think, uh, you know, Rick Hahn or Chris Getz isn't. Uh, uh, this isn't Rick Hahn and a Chris Getz mask, I think was your exact quotes. Uh, so how did the the 22 minutes with Chris feel today? I-, I mean, to to kind of walk back what I said, it
3: felt very much like a Rick Hahn press conference. No, I don't mean that entirely. I, do, I did was able to draw some parallels, though. We didn't hear a lot of specifics from Chris Getz today. And uh, I think that's kind of basically what I wrote about was, you know, Where is the answer on this? The White Sox, you know, we asked all these questions about the big topics of the offseason coming up. And basically the answer from Chris every time was, well, we haven't decided on that yet. Well, we haven't decided on that yet. And listen, he doesn't have to decide today. There's no deadline. But at the same time, this is just another example of how this kind of changing of the guard, if you want to call it that, is so weird, right? I mean, the the thing that I was pointing out the day that he was introduced was, where is the revelry? Where is the excitement? Hey, it's the dawn of a new era, supposedly, and everyone was all mad. And we've talked about the reasons why, right? Now here we are. Shouldn't the new guy be saying what his plan's going to be, this is how we're going to get better. You can't wait for me to get to work in the offseason and show you what I'm going to do. And instead, it's just a lot of, eh, we'll see, we'll see, we don't know yet. We can, we haven't <laughs> figured it out. There's nothing really for people to latch on to to get excited about. The one real, you know, we got a couple specifics. Kopech's going to be a starter. He wants to address the rotation. You know, Oscar Colas isn't going to be handed any job this, this time around. But okay. You know, we're hearing him saying they haven't decided yet on TA, haven't decided on Liam Hendricks. You know, he's being asked point blank whether he thinks they're going to be a contender next year, and he's not really given an answer. So, again, it's not to criticize. I think it's very – the reason it was reminiscent of Rick Hahn was because it was leaving all the doors open, leaving everything on the table, right, talking in a way where you're not shutting down any avenue to – in, in Chris's words, make the team better, right? And so that's that's fine, but we have talked over and over and over again about how long the to-do list is for, for if he's going to pull this off in an offseason, and to go out and say, you know, we don't know yet. We'll see how things kind of play out when that to-do list is so long. It makes you think that they could end up in a spot that isn't contending for a division next year, even if everybody in this building considers that the goal. That goal's not being come out and being said by the general manager right now. Um, and that, to me, is a takeaway, even you know, if we can take something away from a press conference in which not a lot of specifics were given.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's go, honestly, to Chris Gatz, because I thought that was interesting, because I had a thought that he was... I felt like it was a little bit different sounding than Rick Hahn, So, hey, we'll get our third voice, Herb uh, Lawrence, <laughs> to, to be the judge and the deciding factor. Um, but... I, I honestly just felt like what I took away from it was Chris Getz understands the severity of how much there is to do with the White Sox. And I feel like, again, like there's just so much to assess with this team because they have like 30, 13 roster spots to replace just on the major league level. Um, it does seem like a, a task that he's taking seriously. So let's hear from Chris Getz. This is a shot by Vinny Duber. So thank you to Vinnie Duber. He's doing such a great job at guarantee rate cover in the 2023 White Sox. to give him a follow at vinnie duber here is chris gets on some of the new hires like brian banister jesse barfield gene watson and then the money quote as uh, mitch rosen used to say uh, about the plan for 2024 and doing deep dives do you have any idea if everyone from the staff is coming back has that been decided first it
0: hasn't been decided we're still working on that um And, you know, I've had many conversations with Pedro and other members of the front office. Um, And, you know, we're we're working through that. September was about, uh, for me, really doing a deeper dive into certain areas of the organization, including the major league day-to-day operations, spend time with the players, our staff. um, And so I haven't come to a conclusion quite yet. We're still working through that. We've got some time.
2: And Brian is the the whole organization. I mean, is he going to be focused, you know, on the minor league side, is he going to be you guys both. And what does
0: it mean to have him, uh, the, all three Irish man in the front office? Yeah, Banny, uh, Banny's going to be involved in uh, all levels of pitching, whether it be at the major league level through the minors, down at the Dominican Academy, and, and uh, on the acquisition front. Very bright guy. He's accomplished a lot. Uh, you know, most recently he was with Boston uh, and then San Francisco. We're excited to have him. Um, he has a built-in relationship with Ethan because of the time together in San Francisco, which certainly gives us um, even more confidence as we transition Danny in. Uh, very great guy, can help in a lot of different ways and, and feel very fortunate to be able to bring him in um, as we try to, uh, you know, enhance our pitching department. Um, you know, we've got Josh Barfield that, that was recently hired as an assistant general manager um, Josh is, is from the Diamondbacks, he's been overseeing um, player development there. Uh, Josh is a, a very talented, um, hard-working, respected uh, person in our game. Uh, he's done a lot with the D-backs, certainly we're playing them right now, and you look on their roster, they've got a lot of young players that have come through their system and. and you know having discussions with him with what they've done as an organization the last couple years from um, some struggles to now getting a taste of success in a playoff hunt here um, there's been a lot of uh, deep and i feel like uh, takeaways that i think can apply to our situation but josh has got a bright future Um, he's a connector of people he's going to energize our group we already has and feel once again fortunate to have him come aboard too. Gene Watson uh, is going to oversee our our, our pro scouting. Um, Gene is another well-respected uh, person in the, org- er, uh, in the industry, uh, 25 years of, of scouting experience with multiple organizations. Um, he's got a very strong network. When it comes to scouting and decision-making, certainly there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and I've got a tremendous respect for, for scouting acumen um, in the scout's eye. Um, however, to be able to collect background and make up information is, is certainly a strength of, of Gene. Um, and we're going to continue to drive that with our group um, as we put together the, the, the best team that we can up here and factoring who are the best fits in this clubhouse. Jeremy uh, seems to have, uh, you know, he's been a very valuable piece of this organization for a while, but it seems like he's been in, well, he has to stand down for a short time here you know, before we get around to what his job is going to be. What do you think you'll be able to be able to approach that and let us you know what uh, that position will be? Well, Jeremy, you know, remains in the assistant general manager position, uh, very talented, helps in a lot of different areas. He's done that. He's been, um, you know, certainly someone I've worked close with here in the last several years. Um, And, you know, he offers a lot to the organization as we, you know, acclimate uh, some of the new hires here, he's been tremendous. Um, he's a team player and wants us to to wants wants to help get this right. Um, and those are the types of people that we're targeting and in here. with with Watson's
3: hire. You know, you talk about the organization's mixed record in free agency for a while. What needs to change in terms of? Yeah, you know,
0: free agency, pro scouting things like that. Yeah, I think there's you know there's a short and long term plan, right? And, and being able to fully communicate within our organization or even externally what our needs are, um, and. You know, I think having someone with Gene's background and being in uh, various situations with the organizations at different times, different stages, to have that type of experience now added to our group, I think is going to be really valuable. Um, You know, when it comes to understanding the background, uh, the makeup of the player, um, I think there have been some misses through the years where we've maybe focused on certain areas and maybe not so much on others, where I feel like Gene's really going to be able to close that gap for us.
3: a lot about um, reshaping next year. You stayed away from the rebuild board, obviously. You've done a deep dive into everything, but there does seem to be a lot of areas you have to address, not you personally, but the the team. After this deep dive, do you still feel like this is a team that can be a contender, or is it more see what happens and see how things play out
0: over the off yeah, I, I think that there are there are a lot of players on this team and a lot of pieces that can help uh, help a team, you know, win a division and, and um, have some success at the major league level. However what's what's best for us in the short term and long term, that's gonna take a kind of a deeper dive. You know first you know for me it's really coming in here and foundationally you know where are we with, with different departments so we can avoid um, these extreme swings um, and you know that's been the focus and will remain obviously as we move you know through October and November we'll start focusing more on our, our what we need to do to, to put the best team forward for next year and years, years further
1: again I- I think, you know, the thing that stuck out to me the most was that end quote, and it seems like what Chris is trying to do is set the groundwork for the off season, and that deeper dive seems to be, you know, involving the entire organization, and I think that, you know, we see Haber staying, so yep. we kind of theorize that because he has uh, past work with contracts, mm-hmm. um, and then I also like the what he brings up about Banny in that first part is that Banny will be a part of the acquisition side as well. What yeah. we theorized is that, you know, maybe he'll be bringing some of these people from the giants. Um, and it does seem like Chris gets feels like himself, like he probably would have a decent understanding of a hitter's mindset and a hitter's background because he's played the game. And again, one of four uh, of 30 MLB uh, GMs who have played the game, but, um, it does seem like Banny is going to help him on that pitching side. Um, but to you, does that sound like Rick Hahn? no, I
2: mean, Rick has kind of an ease about himself, the way he speaks, and very gregarious. It's entertaining, and he has, just like Chris there, he says a lot of nothing, but he says, and Rick Hahn would say it in a more entertaining, palatable way. Chris is new at the job, so maybe he'll get there eventually. Rick was a master at that. Rick had a great rapport with the media, the, what the words he used to speak were, you know, nothingness, but also something, some substance, because he knew how to spin a, a term and spin a word to get the message out to the masses. Chris is not there yet, but I have confidence that the guy can get better on the mic. It doesn't really matter in the long run for him being good at winning a press conference and such. But, you know, at least they have a plan where they're giving Brian Bannister some acquisition uh, power, keeping Jeremy Haber. I just don't want know if through that press conference, Vinny, if you see how the Royals are playing at the end of the year and that inspires confidence to go into next year and they're like, hey, man, we see we put it kind of all together at the end of the year. That's what we're going to be trying to do for 2024. I feel the opposite can be happening for the White Sox. Another embarrassing loss, 15-4 to today. I don't know why, and I know that they have stated that Pedro is coming back for next year, but seeing all how this team has kind of quit and how they've shown lack of effort, just won the first series in a long time this past weekend in Boston, is there a way, do you feel... That Chris could change his mind at the end of the year if he keeps on continuing seeing a lack of effort, a lack of focus by this White Sox team and change managers or and or coaching staff here with the White Sox.
3: Well, the coaching staff was one of the questions he was asked that we played the answer to. And he said they haven't decided on that yet. Um Pedro has been decided on. That was part of Chris's opening press conference. He was asked, "Is he coming back next year?" And he said, "Yes." So um, I don't expect that to change. What I think, what I think changes on that front, though, Herb, would be players. And he was asked about. Uh, you know, kind of the core group and 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 whether big changes are needed to be made there. And he said basically what he said in his pre- opening press conference when he said no one was untouchable, he said this time around that we'll we'll look at it and it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know say that someone has to stay because you know they've been here for a while, you know and so I think that kind of goes counter. Maybe a little bit to what Jerry Reinsdorf was saying when he was saying how much he believed in what he called the foundation of this team. Um, but you know, we've heard we heard from Rick Hahn at the trade deadline saying, "Listen, this hasn't worked. We would be foolish and ridiculous to not consider breaking this up in some way to 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 try to make it work." And I think. You could maybe see that from Chris Getz this winter. I think Tim Anderson is the is the player to look at from the words that we've heard from Chris Getz. Not that it's going to go one way or the other. He says they're not decided. But, boy, you're not hearing a definitive, we would like to have Tim Anderson back on this team next year from Chris Getz. You're hearing, we're going to have to have a lot of conversations with T.A., and T.A. has been good, and he's been here for a while, and we know what he can do, but we're going to have to talk about it it's kind of wishy-washy to me. And and I think that, you know, it, it took something that you and I, Herb, figured should be a slam dunk, bringing Tim Anderson back at what is relatively a reasonable price point. Um, yeah, he's coming off the worst year of his career, but what could he be? He's been an all-star level player in the past. If you're trying to compete next year, it would be nice to have one of those. Um, and now we're what we're hearing makes it sound like it's not a slam dunk at the very least. And so... Um, whether that ends up being the case or not, we'll find out. But the main thing I keep coming back to when you heard that word be brought up in a question to Chris Getz in that clip that we played, rebuild, right? Very definitive from Jerry, doesn't want to do that. Very definitive from Pedro, they're not doing that. Chris Getz is painting a picture, in my opinion, with all of the lack of committing to certain things This is where that could end up. Maybe not. Maybe certainly not something like we saw that took five, six, seven, eight years with Rick with what Rick Hahn was doing. But if you have so many players to to go get to fill out a team that is going to contend, and then you get rid of Tim Anderson, and then you maybe get rid of another core player because this is what you're talking about. That's that's a rebuild to me. The team is not good enough to not be rebuilding, right? If you're sitting here waiting for Colson Montgomery or waiting for, you know, a lot of these pitchers that they have at AA, that to me looks like a rebuild. Now maybe it's only a rebuild that lasts, you know, 6 months or maybe it's only a rebuild that, you know, they're back in 2025. That's fine. You can call it whatever you want. Define rebuild however you want, but there's so many holes on this roster right now. And we're talking about the possibility of there being more created? I mean, where does that that end up? And I think the answer is, well, we'll see come spring training when Chris gets has done all that he can do in the offseason, and we'll see what that adds up to. Um, It's a lot of work. And if you're going to create more work for yourself, that that makes even more work, and that makes it perhaps you get further from contending. And closer to that rebuild area. I don't know. He didn't say that, certainly. You know, he didn't use that word. He's not saying, oh, this could end up being bad, kind of thing, or something like that. But it, it looks like that's a, at least you've got to think about that possibility when you're getting these non committal answers like this. That's my thought.
2: And I have said this, and you've said it too, Vinny, that we want Tim Anderson re signed his uh, option for the White Sox to have it for next year 14 million, I believe it is. With that being said, today, Again, Tim Anderson's lack of focus, that's what I'll harp on. Balls t- hit to Elvis a ball that was probably not going to be a double play because the runner running down first base. But he, Tim Anderson, receives the ball while his foot is no longer on second base. The neighborhood play has been way gone, way gone in Major League Baseball. Maybe in the past you can get this, but we've seen this multiple times this year where Tim's focus is not on where it needs to be, his foot needs to be on the bag before he throws the ball to first base. Those are the things that I get mad at, Tim. The bad years are going to happen. Slumps are going to happen to every Major League Baseball player. But the professionalism, the focus, the, if you're in the lineup, give me all of what you have. And sometimes I feel, especially this year, that Tim Anderson has not given all that he has. So if Chris Getz is wishy-washy on the player, I say sign him and find a trade partner somewhere else the fact that you just release them or don't re-sign them or don't tender an offer I think would be a mistake because you're getting nothing back for the player but if they don't want the player back because of efforts like that I can understand that because it's happened far too many times this year for me Vinny
1: but real quick Vinny I mean like also too like wouldn't we have seen if they would be able to pick up the option and then trade them like wouldn't it have someone traded for him at the deadline this year? I mean, he means so much to the Sox. I know you touched upon that in your article. He was hurt. He was hurt. I, I, I don't. I don't think
3: that. I don't think that you can say with certainty there were teams out there lining up to give the White Sox Tim Anderson value for Tim Anderson. He was hurt. He was. He's having the middle. He's in the middle of the worst year of his career. That is the definition of selling low. And especially when you have the option, like Herb was just saying, of bringing him back for next year, rolling the dice, and hoping it's just better, yeah. hoping that he's healthy, hoping that he's showing you something or showing other teams something. Come next deadline, trade him then, right? I mean, that and, and you're going to get so much more back in return. That would have been the definition of selling low. They did not do that with any of the players that they did trade. They even managed to get uh, reasonable value, good value even for Lance Lynn You know, who was in the middle of a poor season. But, uh, you know, that would have been with all the position players. There's a reason that the only position player traded at the deadline was Jake Berger because he was the guy who was having the good year. He was the guy that you could sell high on, if you want to call it that. The White Sox could not sell high on Tim Anderson. They could not sell high on Aloy Jimenez. They could not sell high on Johan Moncada. And I'm not saying they wanted to trade all those players, but if you were drawing up a trade at the deadline for any one of those guys, you're talking about. Bottom value for guys that you've you've built your team around that you've invested so much money in as as cornerstones of a rebuilding project. Now, that obviously hasn't ever worked. It, It didn't get up off the ground, that rebuilding project. But you can't just say, give me a bag of balls and let me start over. You know what I mean? you got to try to get something that is worth a guy who's been to an All-Star game two times and won a batting title, uh, you know, who's, who's provided the biggest moments that your team has experienced here in the last five years. Um, this is, you know, you we can talk about him meaning more to the White Sox than any other team, sure, but he, he's got to mean something to, to get back what you were going to get, whether you're trading him at the trade deadline last year, in the offseason this year, or at the trade deadline next year
1: yesterday's price is not today's price so Again, I don't know if that, that price for the two-time shortstop and batting title uh, champ will come back. But, again, you know, White but Sox that's what Tom you, says—
3: that's what you roll the dice on. That's what right. you roll the dice on if you pick up the option, right?
1: Well, and yeah. yeah, and White Sox Tom says Anderson doesn't want to be here. You can see it. I mean, that when Chris says here with T.A., a player that we've known for a stretch and we've seen the ups and downs and we know what the potential is, that's a conversation that c- certainly isn't taken delicately and perhaps a conversation that is going to be more than just one sit-down. T.A. deserves that. Chris Getz might sit him down at the end of the season and say, hey, we have to make this you know decision by X date. We will give you the full time to make that decision. And if you come to us at that date and say you don't want to be here anymore and you want to be let go to explore your options, we'll give you the respect to do that. Because he also says that he wants to create competition. So if a guy doesn't want to be here and you're forcing him to play for your team, that's not really competitive. I mean, that sound, sounds like the opposite of competition. You know, maybe you respect TA because he's done so much for the the organization and you let him go find a new home and, and you know, explore the twenty other 29 other teams. But then if he says, no, like, this is my team, I want to be the shortstop, pick up the option and say, hey, we're going to pick up the option. And if you look right, we'll roll the dice. But if not, we'll find you a place by July. And this is a thing where Pedro talks about the world culture and then it cringe
2: every time I hear it, but... If you're trying to create culture, and the leader, who I think Tim would be, he's the player who I would look at, especially with Luis Robert not in the lineup anymore, as the guy who's been here the longest, and this is the standard that White Sox baseball should be. If Chris Getz and Pedro Graffone want to create the culture of this is White Sox baseball, what Tim Anderson has done and a couple of those lackadaisical plays would not stand for. I could not have. And so if you want to ship them out after that just so you can change scenery and have a better clubhouse, and I don't know how the clubhouse is, whatever it is, I could see that. And that that would be fine with me if they said that afterwards and said, hey, man, Tim's going to be a good player. Just like um, and a parallel list to the Bears, too. Jalen Carter's having an ass-kickingly great rookie year. He's probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year. I said the Bears could not draft that guy because he would be a distraction so much in the locker room. He's not a base. He's not a football player who shows up for his job interview, which he pretty much failed the NFL Combine because he had other things like his uh, uh court proceedings having uh to do in Georgia back then. And you can take the fact that that player is going to be a good player away from you but he's not a good mixture in your clubhouse or in your locker room. So I have no fault to the Bears for not taking Jalen Carter because I know that player wouldn't be the same player here. And I also think that player is a destructive force in the Bears locker room specifically. And that might be the same thing and maybe not destructive for Tim, but if the players are looking at him and saying, man, this is the third, fourth time I've seen Tim not touch second base on a routine force play. Should I be that? Should I, is that what I'm aspiring to? Right. And if you get rid of that and you show the players, hey, Tim's a great player, two time all star, got the corn game walk-off, et cetera, et cetera. But the lack of focus this year, the lack of professionalism this year, at times, we cannot have it. And they ship them out. I think that would look well in the Pedro Gaffal, Chris Getz type of like moving forward. And their culture that would actually speak to it because I haven't necessarily seen Pedro talk about Tim and say the things that he would say about Oscar Kolosk. And they've had similar gaffes this year. And I know Tim's the veteran and Oscar's a rookie, but accountability is accountability. So send him out if you need to To send a message to the rest of the players like we need 100 percent effort every time you're out there.
1: And I mean, too, Sleepy Harold brings it up, and we could take a break after this. Um, there was the eleven games before the Minnesota injury this year with Hanser Alberto. Remember him? Uh, Tim was hitting two ninety eight, three twenty seven, four hundred four with an OPS of seven thirty one, uh, and he did have fourteen hits and five uh, doubles. So there was a little bit of pop there. But Sleepy Harrell taking a little bit more of a, a zoomed out focus mm-hmm. here, nearly seven hundred plate appearances six hundred eighty five, two forty eight, two eighty nine. 298 slugging, uh, an OPS of 587 for Tim, a weighted runs created plus of 63, Bad. an o- ISO of 0.050, uh, and that's Horrible. your slugging divide, uh, minus, minus your uh, average in uh, two home runs, and then you look at the DRS, negative... Uh, Seven defensive run saves last season, negative 16 defensive run saves this season, negative in baseball. two outs above average last year and negative four outs above average this year. It has been ugly for Tim. So even if he doesn't want to be here, uh, the play really isn't speaking up to Tim uh, in the past year or so. Um, let's take another break and then we'll get into more about uh, maybe culture. Uh, I think the coaching staff comment was a little bit weird, too, because he brings up Brian Bannister's relationship with uh, Ethan Katz. They just hired Chris Johnson and uh, uh, now I'm blanking on um, Mike Tozar and Mike and and, and, uh, Eddie Rodriguez, right? And Castro and uh, Jorge Castro. Um, So all those guys just got here. So I don't know. I mean, who's, where's the the staff change going to be? Let's take a break though. And then we'll ask Vinny that. Um, Let's let you know, though, about Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, Goose Island has been Chicago's beer since 1988, and CHGO supported by Goose Island Beer Company. Their beer roster includes the Beer Hug Family, uh, the 312 Wheat Ale that Herb is enjoying, the Full Pocket Pills, which I believe is Cody's uh, favorite beer. I wish he, I think he was... No chugging for Cody tonight. Wish he was chugging one right now. Sad. And it's Oktoberfest! Hey! We're, uh, I guess, five days away, a month and five days away from uh, actual uh, Halloween. So, it's now the perfect time to go out and get your seasonal brew. All right, go I check out. I just tried October that Fest. one, too. You just tried it? It was really good. Really good. Uh, Stephen giving it the thumbs up. The Oktoberfest Goose Islands. Go try it. Grab an ultra fresh brew, exclusive beer at Goose Islands Original Brew House on Clyburn Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer, they also sell these at Jewel and uh, Binney's and, and such places. They, they sell them in a 15 pack. So, you know, hey, it wants you see the Goose Island brand safe to try, safe to pick it up. Uh, It's the best beer out there. And uh, thank you to Goose Island for supporting us. We also want to let you know about Shady Rays. Uh, They're on my head. Uh, not too far away from me. Uh, Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off, two-plus pairs of polarized shades. ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off, two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And finally, Splash Sports, our friend, are your uh have you covered. Uh, for all your, your contests. Uh, CHGO has weekly pick X. And NFL survivor contests. For everyone to participate in. For real money. How to enter. Head over to. Splashsports.com. CHGO. The link is also in the description. And sign up. You can deposit cash to get started. And it's just $10 to enter either. They have the CHGO NFL pick X contest And the CHGO survivor contest. The more who enter. The larger the prize. And we'll also be running weekly contests. All year long. So be sure to keep that link handy. Check out week 5. Of uh, the NFL contest that we have over at SplashSports.com/chgo is it week five? It's week four. Week four. Week four. Uh, it, no matter the week, they'll have contests all year long. And if you want to run your own contest, or if you're tired of being the commission leagues chasing people down with none of the reward. Go join, join the league. If you love being a commissioner, uh, you can be a commissioner and earn money for contests. You're already running with your friends and family, so it wins. If you are just a participator or a, uh, a commissioner, so head to splashsports.com/chgo to join in. We'll have different contests coming out, so we are stoked to compete with and against you all. Be sure to check out our link in the description against splashsports.com/chgo. Okay, Vinny. Um, What'd you make of the the coaching staff comment? Because again, I thought it was weird. It seems like there is the relationship with Banny and Katz. Seems like the hitting staff just got here. We obviously know Mike Tozar and Pedro Graffal have gone back since childhood. Um, So it'd be weird to see some of these guys fired. I kind of took it as Charlie Montoyo was a weird hiring. It seemed like a front office forced hiring for a manager that has never been a actual manager. Mm -hmm. Montoyo has that past uh, experience maybe I'm forcing you into a, a question here and I'm sorry if I'm doing that, but what'd you make of the Chris gets uh, coaching staff comment? You can get as specific as you'd like.
3: <laughs> um, and my apologies too. If the, uh, leaf blower shows up in the background here, uh, sound wise, they're, they're cleaning out the seats in front of me. But, uh, to answer your question, uh, again, it was along the same lines of just like, yeah, we, we don't know yet. And granted there's, five games left. I don't know if they're necessarily going to come out and announce that they're firing somebody while there's still games left on the calendar. So that's un- that's a little bit more understandable. But I guess the point being that, listen, I, I, everything you just said was pure speculation, but you made a lot of good points. And I think that Chris bringing up the relationship between Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz speaks to them Working together well, right? I don't think you would bring that up if you knew they weren't going to be working together. Um, What you said about all those guys who were Pedro's guys, who were Royals guys, right? Uh, You know, your your Tozars and, and the like. Yeah, I I think that makes sense that if Pedro is staying, why wouldn't they stay? That would put him in the best chance or the best position to succeed as a manager if he's got the guys that he thinks are that he trusts and he thinks are going to be part of the staff. Does that mean every single coach on the staff was a Pedro guy, as you mentioned? No. And so maybe there are changes to be made there, but also maybe not. We have no way of knowing because we asked, is the coaching staff coming back? And Chris said that hasn't been decided yet. So, um that's what I made of the answer. Uh, I think everything you said is a, are good things to remember as we move forward, and, and uh, particularly, yes, the Bannister history with the Giants. I believe it was only one year where Katz and him were in the same department there, but there you go, um, because Chris brought up a few other past relationships with Bannister and, and people who are part of this organization, chiefly Michael Kopech uh, from when they were both part of the Boston Red Sox organization.
1: I thought that one was real weird. I'm real excited to play all that Cats, st- uh, get, get Stuff on, on Kopac. We'll get to it on a different day. But man, I, when he brought that up, I was like, oh, I forgot that Banny and Kopek were to go. Oh. And I was wondering too, he, I saw he
2: briefly brought up Josh Barfield in his role is there more clarification on what exactly he'll be doing as assistant general manager? We already have Jeremy Haber as one of the assistant general managers, but his uh, Diamondbacks who are in town right now, he's been in the uh, farm director the last like, couple of years. They've been top 10 each of the years that he's been there. So I wonder just what he will be doing here with the White Sox.
3: As of right now, no, uh, we didn't, we didn't receive that information from Chris today, uh, but we are expected to hear from, Josh as well as Brian uh, uh, at some point coming up soon here before the season's over. Um, And so perhaps they'll be able to shed some light on what their specific uh, duties are.
1: I can't find this freaking quote, um, but it's about Gene Watson. And what I I wrote down was, uh, the question was basically what needs to change with free agency and scouting? Um, And he said, communicate what our needs are. There's a short-term and a long-term plan. Um, And it seemed like... Again, Chris might have been alluding to, you know, we were missing certain skills. And it seemed like he was kind of alluding to, again, he didn't get super specific, that they were maybe focusing on too much of of power and they weren't focusing enough on fielding and defense. And you bring up, you know, not wanting to be the Cubs. And that's basically what the Cubs are, is we're going to, you know, pitch well or all right. And we're going to field behind them. We're not going to make mistakes in the 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 field, which is why the Cubs fans are so mad. We're not going to make mistakes on the bases and we're going to get on base and we're going to knock those guys in with singles and doubles. Right. And it feels like the Sox are trying to angle towards that a little bit, right? Like the Cubs are really proud of their pitching lab. This Banny hire really seems like a, a push towards a more modern pitching lab and maybe a more modern pitching staff because they're kind of in it, but I feel like they can go a little bit deeper. Um, I, 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 again, it, my issue is the guys that they have just aren't good at hitting home runs. Yes. Like I would rather be the Braves than the Cubs. I would rather be leading the league in home runs because I think that's what actually works. Right. Instead of going towards this, you know, let's be in every game and let's be competitive. Like that's the one thing. Like I would rather destroy teams than just be in seven, six games and maybe win, maybe lose on a fly ball. Um, So that's the one issue that I guess I I have with Chris Getz. But I guess my biggest takeaway from today is, like, I'll give him a chance. I have no choice. Uh, I mean, I'm not his employer. Um, But he does – I personally like listening to him more than Rick Hahn. And maybe that's just because I listen to enough Rick Hahn. And this is, you know, a little bit of Chris Getz. But it doesn't seem like he's not trying to be coy. It just does seem like there's a lot on his plate. And that's really what I took away from the 22 minutes of Getz.
2: Yeah, it like I said before, it would be a lot for everybody for anybody and to throw this on his plate, he's probably not gonna get I mean, we're speculating thirteen open positions on the major league roster. Thirteen. Like that's a lot. And he probably doesn't have the bandwidth to do that by himself, just to talk to with all those agents about deals for your team and He has some help, but it's just going to be a thing where he's hitting the ground running and there is no time for a honeymoon. He's going to be judged judged harshly by myself, by Sean, and we're going to be in him. We're going to be like, hey, man, you ain't ain't getting this player, that player, that player, and your team's not going to be competing next year. Remember, going from 100 losses to competing the next year to even getting to 500 the next year, I think 12 teams have done in the history of baseball, and like one has made the playoffs. And that's the Minnesota Twins from a couple of years ago. So it's going to be damn near impossible to make the playoffs. No matter what he's saying, no matter what Jerry Ryan's over saying, it's going to be hard as hell. So I wish that he would. And Vinny, you, I think you said he kind of alluded to, he didn't say the words, but what he's saying is rebuild talk. So he, I would hope, would get that message to Jerry and say, to compete next year is going to be impossible. And we should gear down and try to compete in 2025 and use 2024 as a building block year.
1: Can I actually jump into like, was Chris and I, I know the answer to this um, cause I listened to it, but I'll, I'll ask you cause you know, you're the reporter. Um, and this was brought up by uh, Alex rude. Um, but there was something that he said that I don't think was brought up. And I'm, I'm sure it wasn't brought up. Um, was the draft lottery because if they get a top six pick, um, as we know with the Nationals, they'll be ineligible to land a top pick the next year. So if they get a top six pick in the 2024 draft, they'll be ineligible to get a top ten pick in 2025. So would that not kind of shape the direction of the team or the the focus of the team? Because hey, if we have no ability, we're going to be locked out of a, a draft position if we do have a, a certain record in you know this year. Um, you know, does that not change Good the question. rebuild?
3: I mean, maybe. I, it's ba- I mean, you hear me talk about the baseball draft all the time. I would rather win games than get a good baseball draft pick because you could win the whole gosh darn World Series and the player that you end up with with the last pick in the first round could be better than the 29 guys that are picked ahead of them. That's how baseball works, and you can not you can point to what Herb was talking about earlier with the football rookies. You can say having that number one pick or a top ten pick in football makes you immediately better right away, and it's better than to have that pick than not. What a big chance that would be to have the number one pick. Cough, cough, bears, cough, cough. Uh, the, <laughs> the In baseball, that's not how it works, and you take your lottery ticket where you get it, and you pick the best player and hope that your
1: player development can turn that guy into Mike Trout. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Herb also pointed at the TV and said, hey, look, they got Andrew Vaughn in 2019 with the third pick. The Diamondbacks got Corbin Carroll with the 16th pick. Mm. So, I mean, again, I think it's about what you know about baseball, what you know about baseball players and what you know, like, it's all about just understanding what makes a great baseball player. And, and understand
2: me. I'm not saying that it was a bad pick to pick Andrew Vaughn where he did. He was the Golden Spikes Award winner. Like, I was, everybody was cheering that pick. But seeing how it turned out and how the White Sox need what Kerbin Carroll is. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be great to have a player like that. Let's do that next year instead of uh picking another first baseman.
1: I know, Steven. And I did this the thing that I never do. And it's we, we named the Darn episode about Luis Robert Jr. and we're bringing him up an hour into the show. Uh, Luis Robert Jr. has been shut down for 2023. Um, Vinny, it's an MCL sprain, and we touched upon it a little bit earlier in the show. Get said, you know, it's it's mostly about rest, right? It's not about the severity of the injury. Yeah, that's what, that's what Chris said. Um, it doesn't seem like this is that
3: big of a deal to be honest. Uh, two to four weeks is what they called the recovery time. Think about it. If this happened in April, he'd be back within a month. Um, again, that's not nothing, but here you don't even have to worry about winning games because that month that he's sitting out is going to be mostly while the season is over. So I asked Chris or I asked Pedro rather, um, You know, Pedro has talked over and over again about how it's important to finish the season healthy. You don't want these guys to have to rehab something to that impacts their offseason work. And then they show up to spring training, you know, behind a little bit. He says with both Luis Robert Jr. and Michael Kopech, he is not concerned about that at all and that they will basically have their entire offseason to to work uh, to work on what they need to work on.
1: You got your answer. The cyst was removed, not drained. We
3: knew it was removed. Uh, What I wanted to know was, was, I mean, it obviously was another new cyst. So like, does he have something in his knee where it's just popping out cysts all the time? And (laughs) are they going to have to do this over and over again? And Chris, and Chris was basically just like, Oh, I hope not. Well, yeah, I I would, I would, if I was Michael Kopech, I would hope not too.
1: Yeah. I thought was, I thought, I didn't, I thought, because he explained you can either get it drained or removed. And I well, think
3: last year it was drained and this year it was removed. Yeah.
1: So I guess, I guess the, the poor, I don't know what sis grow in. Uh, the poor was never closed. Ugh. Um, anyways, uh, thank you for reporting Vinny. We really do appreciate it. And make sure you check out Vinny's article at, all talking about Chris Getz's plan touching more in on uh, Tim Anderson and the uh, you know what to do about Tim Anderson uh, next for the Chicago White Sox we will be back with you tomorrow after Wednesday's game Thursday's game the dollar tickets are uh, selling out uh, according to the White Sox yeah uh, I think there might be few to little left so if you are trying to go to Thursday's game for a dollar free parking act soon um, that's Vinny Duber follow him at Vinnie Duber is a chgo White Sox beat writer any f- closing comments herb Lawrence
2: I love that there are two afternoon games coming up.
1: Awesome. Hey, and they'll probably lose both of them. Uh, you can follow him at Echnerall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit subscribe. Thank you, Stephen Nicholas. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye.